Welcome to the At A Total Loss podcast, where lost moms candidly talk about stillbirth, baby loss, grief, survival, and all things in between. I'm Catherine. My first child, Brody, died at full term and was stillborn in January of 2022. I literally thought the sadness was going to kill me. And while trying to survive, I reached out to lost moms to connect with others who knew how I felt. It was these conversations that saved me, and to this day, they still do. We discuss our babies, life with grief. We even laugh, a lot actually. It is my hope that hearing our stories will help you realize that you are not alone in any of this, and maybe even serve as a guide to finding light in the dark. So get comfortable and grab some tissues as we discuss this crazy life after baby death that has left us all at a total loss. What's up? Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, it's so nice to see your face. I know. <laughs> we talk so much, but we've never FaceTimed or anything. Oh my gosh. You're so <laughs> cute. <laughs> you don't live too far. Um, I'm in Charlotte, so it's like four hours away. You're from not, me. It's so far, but not that far. Like we No, it's like driving to, I'm from SoCal, so we would drive from SoCal to Vegas all the time and it was the same amount of time three hours and we're like yeah but (laughs) I used to do that drive to Vegas too I used to live in um in pretty much like Santa Monica Mm -hmm. um, California and I would make that drive to Vegas too there's something about that drive was like so awesome but the drive home was not (laughs) no no you had to leave like at Sunday at like 6 a.m otherwise you might as well just stay till Monday at like 6 a.m so Yeah, that's why I was like, when we used to plan, I'd be like, okay, we're going to leave Monday, right? Right. Monday, unless, you know, but now with kids, we're leaving like Saturday night on the rest of flight back to like wherever. So, but I just want to say thank you for having me. It's um, it's so exciting to speak with you and talk with you. And um, I'm yeah. wearing my uh, Harry shirt because, you know, Aww. that's why I, I wanted to premise this and say he was not named after the prince or Harry Potter. He was named after Harry Styles. So every time someone, like everyone, Holly, I didn't see that coming. That's amazing. You know, I, I, that's how I premised my story with my son because they're like Harry, and I'm like, not the prince, not Harry Potter, the other British guy, Harry Styles. They're like, oh, that's so cute. Now it's cute, right? right. You know, but I take I it you're a fan. I got a big, huge fan, <laughs> even more now because of my son. So. I'm completely obsessed with Harry Styles. So if I see a, like your Brody shirt, right? You just wear Brody, Brody, Brody. Me, I'm like, if it's Harry Styles or Harry, I'm grabbing it. So that's that's just how I am. I'm so like, that's I'm, Harry Styles on your shirt. Yeah, this is it's from his album cover. That's and adorable. Harry's house, which is my Instagram name for my son, Harry's house. Um, I started as like a kind of like a diary, you know, because especially with now with social media and like Facebook and now what threads, you know, it's all about online. And my mom used to say to me, um, you're so lucky because back then we had film and we had to go <laughs> to the place and drop off the film. And now you can just take it on your phone and it's saved on this. You call it cloud, right? Anak? My mom, I'm Filipino. So Anak means <laughs> daughter, like, right? Anak? And I'm like, yeah, it's in the cloud. So, but um, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I digress. <laughs> no, that I love that backstory. All the details are just so important because as you know, people are listening to this who have most likely experienced a loss. And so these little connections that make us feel more connected to our babies, you know, sometimes we feel it might be weird or strange or don't people don't know what to do with it, but 
it's what we want to do with it. It's how we choose to honor them and talk about them. So I love these little details because Harry Styles isn't going anywhere. So forever, you're going to be like, you're going to think of your son all the time. I mean, not that you don't already, but I think that's a really cool story. Where did you get the shirt from? You just online? Etsy. The, the place the where you want to find anything, right? You're like, uh, Harry Styles shirt, whatever. Like It just comes up, you know, you pick Dangerous. it up. So and, and you know, the my favorite thing about Etsy and tell me why, tell me I have a shopping problem online without telling me I have a shopping problem online. The fact that you click on an item, it opens a separate tab. You don't have to oh, keep yeah. going back. So now you have 85 tabs of what you're looking at and you can just click them out and you go back to the beginning. It's not like you have to just keep backpedaling. I, that's like something that really sticks out to me. <laughs> I do that because I like to compare, right? Right, I'm, exactly. I like this shirt and this shirt, but this one's like $5 more. Let me figure which one I'm going to like. Yeah, exactly. You know? so, mm-hmm, I'll go. That's just how I, that's my brain. Anagram <laughs> So, you know, are you a um, psycho about shipping? I'll go and be like, I can't wait three weeks. This needs to be here in five days. So usually if I'm in like, not in a hurry, yeah. I don't know if you know this trick, you go on Etsy and you say shop location, United States. You're like, okay, I'm getting closer. It's in the United <laughs> States. But then if you're like desperate, you go, I go North Carolina and I go my zip code and it even gets smaller. And I go, okay, Holly decision time. You can do, do you want? <laughs> yeah. I get desperate, but if I'm like, yeah, I could kind of wait or yeah. if I bought like so many other things, like it's like Christmas, it, one package comes in after the other. I'm like, okay, then I can just <laughs> chill out a little bit. So that's how I operate when it comes to shopping and yeah. it's gotten worse progressively ever since I lost Harry. I'm like, uh, I, I, and not that I just have really terrible, expensive tastes. Um, uh, your listeners are like, this woman sounds crazy, but let me just tell it, like, say this. <laughs> I, um, what, so Perry was supposed to be my last child was supposed to be right. And I was planning on getting a tubal ligation. I have three older girls. So you could imagine when I found out Harry was a boy, I actually thought, you know, the meme where the woman's like slinking down the chair in the white <laughs> suit, that was me. And I told them, can you check again? Like a couple of times I even went to an ultra earlier sound and I said, they're like, oh, we could tell the boy right away. And I go, I know, I've seen the three lines that they call it a hamburger for girls and a turtle for boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a turtle and I said, oh, that's not a hamburger. She's like, yeah, it's a little boy. And I said, oh my. So I kept going constantly because I couldn't believe it. And the crazy thing is, um, and, and I'm, I think we talked about this too. The moment I found out he was a boy, I had this undeniably sinking pit in my stomach that wow. I was going to lose him. The moment I found, I was like, I said, oh my God, this is not a good feeling. And my husband's like, you're so stressed out. You know, I moved from SoCal to Charlotte for a job during pandemic. I was pregnant with my third daughter at the time when I moved here. Um, And then when I got pregnant with Harry, I just started my new job at a new company. So I hadn't, so by the time I was going to have him, my maternity leave was going to just barely kick in and I would have enjoyed the 12 beautiful weeks with my son. Right. But I literally was like, I had this pit in my stomach and I was like Mm. this feeling and I would, the crazy thing was I would go to appointments and I was going to a MFM already because of my three daughters. They were um, measuring smaller at the time. Well, I'm Asian. So that chart's based on non-Asian people. So clearly they're like, you're fine. We just have to do this as a precautionary because on paper, your kids are small, but we look, I'm five foot, 115 pounds. Like I'm not going to make like. 85 pound babies you know 
and they see my husband he's like nearly six foot and they're like okay we gotta like you know do the math here so I was going to MFM and I would be driving and it's right down the street from my office in uptown in Charlotte Mm -hmm. and I would be driving and I would be like okay Holly you know today you might find out the heart's not beating I would literally think that in my head and I would be like going, okay, if I could just drive down to the office, I could leave my car at the building and my husband can just pick me up because I just had this undeniably sinking feeling for up until he passed away. Isn't that? It's wild. No, that's like something we've, I've talked to a lot of lost mamas about. It's like this weird intuition thing that we have that nobody can really explain. Well, let me ask you, did you know about anything that could even happen? I mean, were you said that you were thinking maybe you would find no heartbeat that sometimes, I mean, that never crossed my mind. Cause I didn't know that was a thing. How did you know that that would be a thing? Cause you'd already had so many pregnancies and that's what I you would be three, looking for. Yeah. Okay. I had three girls. And right. then on top of that, um, when I, I'm a psycho. I like to, before Harry, I was a real people person. After Harry, I'm very limited contact with who I, who I uh, Amen, interact with, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't help that my job involves meeting business partners. So I'm like, it's, I'm very limited contact at this point in time. It's need to know basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined a Facebook mom group, like a due date group. So my, my oldest was due in May, but she was born in April. She was born, um, 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you get in this mom group, you have first time moms, moms Mm -hmm. with eight kids, moms with two kids, and they're giving you all this. It's like a double-edged sword, great advice, but then you have, it's very, I sit there and I just like to listen mostly. Mm -hmm. I'm a creeper, I guess you could say, and just kind of like, you know, you kind of watch behind, you know, that's a question. You kind of like a thing. And that's how I found out a lot of these, um, it kind of helped me with my first pregnancy because I didn't know what to expect. And she ended up being a C-section child. So my dreams of having her naturally kind of flew out the window because she was a breech baby mm-hmm. and she wasn't flipping. She's stubborn like her mom. And I'm like, okay, you're going to sit face up. So she's breech. And on top of that, she came a week and a half early prior to her scheduled date. So even wow. with C-sections, everybody, they come when they want to show up. You could, you could give them a, a date and they will come mm-hmm. when they come. So just mm-hmm. want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, it's, true. Um, it's very true. Like I, even my second daughter was early too. She was four days early. She was kind to me. She came four days before her scheduled C-section date. And then my third one, I said, come on, kid, let's go to it. And she actually came on her sec- on her scheduled C-section date. So I'm like, yay. But, um, but that's how I knew about the heartbeat was because in these mom groups, a lot of them, you have what, 10,000 members or maybe 8,000 mm-hmm. members. Mm-hmm. And as it get, gets closer and closer, you have people that have stillbirths. And mm-hmm. at the time I was like, that is like, you don't, you start to think like, oh my God. And that kind of like, I hate it. I should not going to say this. It's hard for me to say this. I had to learn that in therapy. Don't say hate, but it's hard for me to say this. That kind of somewhat prepared me for Harry a little bit. Cause I was, I had that feeling in my pit of my stomach, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? But then here's the problem, the aftermath of grief. Mm. Cause now you're like, okay, now what happened? Now what do I do? Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's here, you know? So that's just how it kind of came to be about the heartbeat. Cause I just heard so many stories. So. Wow. So you were aware that that could actually happen. So walk then, oh my God, we all know like it happened. Yeah. That's why you're here. Um, 
tell me what details you want to put in about Harry's story so we can kind of sure. follow along your journey here. Yeah. So we got into a tangent. So, um, but you know, I moved here from SoCal to Charlotte, pregnant with my third girl at the time. And when I had her, I was like, you know what? Three kids is enough for me. And I was, I started a new job and I was like, you know, I'm happy with my girls. I've always wanted a little boy. So I had gender, dis gender disappointment, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, when they're born, I just became obsessed with my children. I'm like, I love you so much, you know? So when Luna, my third girl came, I told my husband, you know what? I think, I think we're good. And he was like, okay. So, but him, he wanted to try one more time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like living my life, going to work and, you know, enjoying Charlotte, getting to know Charlotte. You know, we've been here for two years already. And he goes, Hey, cause my daughter just, my third dirt girl turned one. And this is when he starts playing the scene in my head. He goes, hey, um, what do you think about, you know, trying again for another baby? You know, we could try for that boy. And I said, well, you better be prepared for a fourth girl because it's going to be a fourth girl. He goes, come on, babe, come on. And for months and months. And finally, I said to him, all right, Jesus, take the wheel. I'll let it with whatever happens, happens. You know, thank God that we are in the place that we can have children and be able to care for these kids. Right. Thank God we have the means. Mm -hmm. So I said, Jesus, take the wheel. We're going to go for it. Come July of 2022, I actually found out I was pregnant by surprise. And I said, oh, this is the sign. Unfortunately, that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. But that pregnancy lit this fire in my heart where I was like, okay, I want to have mm -hmm. this baby. So the next month we tried. And to my surprise, I got pregnant. Wow. So I got pregnant. I said, oh, it's going to be a fourth girl. So I didn't think of any boy names, no boy names. And my husband's name is Peter. So I wanted to name the baby girl a P name. So I have this list of P names and I'm like daydreaming about this beautiful little girl with a P name. I picked the name Presley. Adorable. I was like, I love that name, Presley. I'm going to name, and I would dream about it at night. So when they did the anatomy scan, they go, oh, we're going to do the genetic testing. I also did, um, what do you call those early gender tests? Peekaboos or not peekaboo, but the sneak peek, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I did that because I'm like, let's see what happens. I did the sneak peek and it said, boy, I did not believe it. I said, this is lies. This is a <laughs> lie. And my husband's like, it's true. And I said, no, I'm not going to believe it until they literally tell me, from the doctor that this is a boy so when that it didn't settle that the feeling of the sneak peek didn't give me that unsettling feeling it was when I got this confirmation for the doctor when they told me it was a little boy that's when the feeling just sat in so for literally up to he was born 27 weeks mm -hmm. I'd be going back and forth excited but mm, ah, mm. like that was like this feeling that I had and even at the anatomy scan at 18, they do it at 18 weeks here in Charlotte, back home in California, they did it at 20. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. So I went in 18 weeks and I really expected them to say he's gone. So I came in and they said, oh, he's beautiful. He's growing so big. He might be your biggest baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I finally started shopping for clothes, like getting all, and I, first, for those who had like the same gender, three girls, like having a boy was such a different energy to our house and our family. So we're, and for me, I was like, 
I get a wedding with the son and mother, like a son Mm. and mother dance. And, you know, we get to marry our three girls off with who, you know, like those Mm -hmm. are the things you start dreaming. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, come January, like toward 25th, I went to my normal um, OB appointment. But I, at the time I was like, this kid isn't moving the way he's usually moving. I go, Mm -hmm. I know my kid. I go, this is my fourth pregnancy. I'm not an idiot. Like I know. So I tell the doctor, I said, Hey, um, you know, he's not as moving as much. I know I'm supposed to do these count kick or kick counts. Like, and I'm trying to like hint, hint, like, can you hook me up to the monitor or something? And I had what they call a placenta where the placenta is in the front. I forgot Interior. Interior. Yeah. Triggering phrase for my husband. He hates to hear it. He'll, he will literally, cause they, they put that in your head. Oh, if it's anterior, you know, you, you can't feel it. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I true. felt yeah. this kid a hundred percent. Even at 18 weeks, when I flew to California for a black pink concert, he was moving and enjoying the concert with me. Like mm-hmm. this kid was not, no. So I sent, I even sent a message to my doctor, like, please. And you know, there was no indication of anything wrong because I had three beautiful, healthy girls. So mm-hmm. science was on the, it was on their side versus mine as far as my fears. Right. So come January 30th, I went to the office and I said, no, 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 this kid is not moving. And I remember sitting at lunch on my floor in the break, in the break area. And I go, no, this, and I sent him a message like, please call me someone. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. So I literally told my boss, I'm going home. When Chipotle, and I, this was the start of the downfall. I knew that was going to be a bad day. I went to Chipotle and I, at the time they had this TikTok, um, I don't know if you heard it. They did this TikTok meal with the quesadilla. They put steak and the fajitas and you're supposed to get like the dressing for the salad to dip. It was like this whole TikTok thing, right? Yeah. So I went and I said, pregnant Holly, can I have a quesadilla with steak and da, da, da? They're like, we don't do that, ma'am. And I'm like, oh how can you not do that? I'm set, like, I'm, and then finally I said, that was a sign. I knew yeah. like these little things you look, it yeah. was going downhill. And then I went home. Finally, the nurse got back to me and said, count the kicks in two hours, three hours. And I said, fine. I wasn't even, on, I was on the bed for maybe 30, 45 minutes. I said, no, this is not happening. So I, I think at that moment I knew he had passed away. Oh my so God. I get up and I start eating my food. I'm like, I'm literally standing at the at my island just eating my food and I tell my husband you know what we should get together we should get ourselves together and we're gonna go to the hospital because he's not really moving a lot and my husband being sought miss is like oh maybe you know maybe it's another like false alarm because I've had a couple of those with my other kids and I said okay and I knew right away so mm-hmm. I just sat there eating and he even told me this burrito tastes weird and I said oh that's another sign that things were not Holy gonna shit. be good yeah. I tell you when the signs come, you got to pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, my mom was here with us in Charlotte because my nanny had to go to Columbia for her vacation. And my nanny's like another part of our family. So, oh my God. So my mom's like, how many months is Harry? Like, she's, I know what she's thinking in her head. Because yeah. she looked at me, she's like, how many months is Harry? I go, oh, he's 27 weeks, mom. So like, a, you know, like six six months, you know. She's like, okay. And I think she was because my nephew, my oldest, my oldest nephew or my only nephew was born actually premature uh, three months early. Wow. So she thought that maybe that would have been Harry, you know, so that's why she was like calculating her head like, so how many months is he? We get to the hospital. 
they, you know, bring me in and I see the same doctor, very handsome. I remember this guy. He was so handsome, even with the mask on. Very handsome man. He also checked out. <laughs> I know we're giggling during this story, but that's just how we roll. So that's just, I'm like, just very handsome it. man. Yeah. And I looked at my husband. He goes, I know what you're thinking. Cause I've heard that you said this guy was handsome. So he saw me for my third daughter and it was like a false alarm. So um, he came in, he goes, oh, you're, you know, anterior placenta, you know, placenta anterior. Don't worry. We're not going to worry you any longer. And I sat there. I'm like, okay. So they did, they checked. He sat on one side of the bed, checked, switched over. And I said, that's it. He goes, I'm so sorry, but there's no heartbeat. And that's when I didn't cry because the first night I was in complete and utter shock. I didn't cry till the next day. Right. So when he told me that news, I remember like going over to the side of the bed and having this primal scream mm -hmm. come out of my mouth and the word, no, like if you could write so many O's, that was me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, my son, my son, our son, our son. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, it's a wild and moment. Then yeah. It was horrible. And then finally he goes, what can I do for you? I said, can I get a shot of Jameson? That's all I really want at this point in time is because that's how shocked Not I, me. Was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Like, I can you give me Shaw Jameson? That'd be great. And he goes, Well, I can't give you alcohol, but I can surely give you medication. I'm like, Fantastic. And then, um, because then finally, after I said that, I was like, He's like, So what do you want to do? I'm like, Get this kid out of me, get him out of me. Because, yeah, I, I, I was like, He's not alive. Your brain, your brain is okay. So you listening, this we do this. Like this is what some of some of us do have this type of reaction. We're like, let's go. I need to move away from this as fast as I can. I need to get over this as fast as I can. Get the baby out. What do I have to do to make this happen? Let's go. It's like a go mode robot. You're in shock. It hits you later. So we're not heartless. It's it's what your brain does in the situation. It's like a flight situation. I, I need to get out of here. Um, so if you did this, do not feel guilty. This is a thing. Yeah. A huge thing. Yeah. And the and the alcohol comment was my commentary relief, my come yep. come relief to the situation. So yep. I just want to. I, I mean, if they had it, I mean, like, I wouldn't we say, <laughs> we say some no. things like we say messed up things in the time. Like it is like that only we can say. And then looking back, like, I cannot believe I said that, but oh, it's all just part of the brain and what's happening and, and how you cope to get through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, he, I said that and I said, I can't sleep. He goes, I can give you, um, you know, Ambien or whatever to sleep. And I go, fantastic. Right. I just need to go to sleep. Went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and that's when I'm finally like, okay, Harry's gone, da-da-da-da, like, you know, and then mm -hmm. um, I was going to have a C-section. So he asked me, do you want to have a C-section or give birth to this kid vaginally? I said, Lord, sir, I've been in a really traumatic place. I've never given birth vaginally ever. I'm not going to give Oh, you had it? You'd had three no, C-sections before? Yes. Oh. I've had C-sections with my three girls because of my history with like, right. my second birth was also traumatic too. My second daughter's birth was kind of, she was out in two hours. Let me just tell you that right now from get wow. to the hospital. Yeah. So it was traumatic. My third daughter, they were like, eh, you had two before you kind of got to have a C-section. I'm like, fantastic. The fourth one, they're like, same thing. So when they offered me, do you want to give birth vaginally or have a C-section? I looked at the doctor like, uh, sir, uh, 
like baby baby Jesus like I've never given birth vaginally I'm already in like this state of like shock I can't imagine giving birth vaginally to my dead son like I, I can't like you know if it was my first child absolutely I'll do it but my first I'm like I can't so he goes I understand so I opted for the c-section and um they came in get me ready and I'm like and the thing was, even though he had passed away, my husband and I did the very traditional things we did with every one of our kids. Like we took these pre-op photos and like we have these like the same traditions we did with our first li three living children. We did with him, you no, know, even though he wasn't with us. So and they took me into the operating room and I said, can you play Harry Styles? Although as I'm like giving birth, you know, they're like, absolutely. And I'm singing the song and then I'm, this is when the drug, like the anesthesiologist yeah. came in and he's like, so do you want me to give you medication that will calm you down? It may not, you may, I go, absolutely. He goes, side effect is you may not remember anything. And I remember telling him, I don't want to remember this. Not one bit. Yeah. Hook me up. And he was like, oh, okay. And so they gave me the the medication and I'm laying there. I actually still remember. I think a part of me was like, I'm going to remember this moment, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were, I was seeing Harry Styles and I, and then this is when the medication kicked in. I said, so where did everyone go to school? What, what college did you go to? And they're like, uh, UNC Chapel Hill. <laughs> and I'm like, they did not know what to do with your ass. They were like this mama. Yeah. <laughs> So they're like, sure. And then I'm like, my husband, he's a doctor. Like I was like going off, you know? And then the, the doctor that did the C-section, she was like, she came up to me and she put her hand on my hand and said, your insides look beautiful. Please have more children if you want to have more children. And I was like, okay. I don't know what to do with that. I don't. But but truthfully, that was the news I kind of wanted to hear. You wanted like, to hear. On yeah. Life. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I can have more children. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, you know, and because like those little things, like they say things that try to make you feel better. At the moment, I'm like, you're like, okay. But then I look back and I'm like, okay, at least I know my insides look beautiful. And I could have more children, you know, thank God, you know. But other than that, yeah. at the moment, I'm like, I was like, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> I know it's a, that's a weird thing to say. I, I'm trying to put myself back in that. Well, that's hard to put yourself back in that, but I think as I was about to, cause I did vaginally cause Bertie was my first. Um, I was already thinking like, can I do this again? Cause I'd like to have a, a living child. So I think that if I had heard that at the time, I would have been like score, there's a plus in this, but now on the other side, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Uh, thanks. You know, so I was uh, like, whatever. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, the day, so I had a C-section. I had to stay there for a few days, like at least two or three days. And I got to hold him. Beautiful child has my nose, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the very distinct Filipino nose all my children have. And I'm proud to say that Harry has that nose too. So I'm like, it's because the thing I asked him, I was like, will he look like a baby? That was the first thing that came out of my mouth is like, will he look like a baby? Cause I don't want to have this memory of him not looking like a child. Like that was my mm -hmm. biggest fear. And they're like, mm -hmm. Oh no, he'll look like a baby. And when he came out, I was like, he looks like his dad. And I was just in utter array of shock. Like, and that they're acting really fast. I want to say this hospital was fantastic. The nurses were awesome because 
they were acting so fast because um I don't know I had uh they did like these I don't know if they did at your hospital they did like kind of like an infant shoot mm-hmm. and they brought a professional photographer and they were doing everything they could to capture it. and I'm like so thankful because that's all I have are yeah. those pictures so I'm like I'm so thankful and we we baptized my son um and they had this um volunteer program where they take old wedding dresses and make the um like you know the what yeah, do you call the christening it? The gowns yeah I have not looked at that box in almost eight months. So will I ever open it? Maybe when I'm 98 years old. I don't know. So, um, but we have all those things and I try to do everything we could to make it as like, you know, like I don't want him to be like, oh, he's dead. I want him to act like I, I, at at that moment, I want to feel like he was alive just Mm -hmm. for even that day, you know? Mm -hmm. So my kids got to see him. So my daughter at the time was five, three, and then one, my youngest. And my oldest daughter got to hold him. And people are like, why would you let that? Why would you let them, you know, let her do that? I said, first and foremost, she's my child. So Mm -hmm. I want to just premise that by saying, but honestly, I'm glad I did because she is such a joy. She'll say, mommy, I miss Harry. I miss holding him. Mm -hmm. I miss seeing him. And I'm just like, what do you wish for, baby? She'll she'll be like, I wish she was here to play. And but I miss him and I love him because she's able to connect him as a real person. Right. You know? That's special. And it, that's the part that I'm like, that makes me feel good is that she's mm-hmm. able to see him as a, a real brother. Cause every time we ask her, what's your brother's name? She's like, Harry. And she says it's so proud. Um Mm-hmm. with such like this joy and I'm like so that's the part that I'm like at least she got to hold him and got to see him so did you have that conversation I mean obviously about death and oh yeah um, and all that especially since she was older like she kind of could connect mm-hmm. the dots because after we came home she said where's Harry I said well and I don't and we went to um Kindermorn here in Charlotte they they were helping us with kind of talking with her you know and we use the words, he died, he's in heaven. We we don't want to say words like sleep because that'll scare them. Like he went to sleep, you know? So we said, we, he yeah. died, you know, he went to heaven, his heart stopped beating. Like we mm. use like, you know, kind of like Literal. water down, literally his heart stopped beating. He died, he went to heaven. And she goes, and there was a time where she was playing doctor, very odd doctor. And she would tell her dad, dad, you died. Okay. Like you died and I'm going to like, that's how kids cope. I've yeah. come to learn that FYI, she stopped doing that after like a month or two, um, yeah. he passed. So, um, just for any, uh, you know, moms with older kids, it's completely normal. I don't, I was afraid I was like, Oh my God, but it's just how they cope with, um, with death. So, and you know, she always asks about him all the time. Like I'll be sitting at the computer right here. I'm in my office and she'll be like, mommy. And I'm like, yeah. I miss Harry. And I go, Oh my gosh, like unprompted. I go, I miss Harry too. And she'll be like, I saw his picture in the hallway. He's smiling. And I'm like, I go, this child, like she brings such joy when I need it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those moments that I had um, with her like often. So I just always think like, maybe if I just set a good example for her just to keep, you know, keep going, keep pushing, remain diligent and strong in the, in the grieving process meaning show your feelings, but don't hold it in. You know, I don't want like, especially in Asian culture, we're taught to literally bottle it up, toss it and you're done. Because mm. come to find out my grandmother and great grandmother had stillbirths too. And back in the Philippines, they're like, they died, got to move on to like the next thing or have another child. But in 
I couldn't imagine mm. at that time, like losing a child and not being able to process, even though my mom is one of 13 kids, you know, so they wow. had a lot of kids. Yeah. And I just can't imagine. So, but, and the thing was, you know, you get home from the hospital and you're in this new normal. I've heard people say they were in a fog, there are days, but for me, um, actually the first two weeks after his death were probably, I felt the most strongest. And I call this the honeymoon phase of grieving because all of a sudden your, your text box is full of messages. People are calling you, you're getting presents, gifts, a lot of support. Like we're here for you. We're, we got you. You're, you got this. And then you go, yeah, I got this. I got this. And then that's week one week two it starts to slow down mm -hmm. by the time you get to week three and four they i i read this in an article that's when the casseroles stop coming mm -hmm. and you finally realized oh this is my journey i'm alone in this and that's that so it and during therapy my therapist was like so you actually really didn't start grieving until maybe like two or three weeks two or three weeks later huh I said, honestly, absolutely. Because I was in such of this, you got like, you know, with the girl with the yeah. arm and you're like, you got it, girl. That's how I felt for two weeks. And yeah. once that was over, I was like, okay. And that wow. was it. So then what did that look like when that was over? Silence. <laughs> Deafening silence in the worst way possible, meaning not like actual noise of like the TV. I mean, literally like silence from your phone stops buzzing, mm -hmm. your your messages in your inbox, some coming letters, gifts stop coming. And then people just kind of move on when you're still stuck. Yeah, That's yeah. the silence I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I think we bond over this. That's when Bravo TV and 90 Day Fiance and Love is Blind came in to help. So yep. I was neat and my husband too. We are 98 fiance. It is literally every franchise, you name it, we watch it. So that was part of our like dealing with and like our bonding moment. You know, every every Sunday night we go sit down and that's when I started to fill my time with that. I started go, you know, of course doing the work, therapy, taking care of my kids. I got a dog, my beautiful, my Fraser, my my little French bulldog. So trying to fill in, but at the same time. I was actually kind of suppressing it a little bit because I didn't realize that I was trying to fix it. I'm a fixer. So I, I kind of said this at the beginning, I'm an anagram three, mm -hmm. one, two, three, and three is high achiever. So I figured that I was so used to being able to have a problem, fix it and be able to have a, you know, beautiful outcome. Unfortunately with Harry, there's nothing to fix because he yeah. died. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it so harshly, but that's just the truth of the matter. He died. So, mm -hmm. and I spent a lot of time trying to fix that and it wasn't, you know, not be able to fix. So, so you, you had to also parent, you had to parent three living children. I mean, you couldn't exactly stay in bed all day which we want to do. So at what point did you start to, cause you and I spoke, I think right after you lost him, I think you reached out. I think like three weeks because yeah. I was like, I need to like, I need to surround myself with people that know how this feels. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, 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 I typed it and you came up and I was like, okay, I'm going to, and we just started chit chatting, you know? Um, and the worst part was when he had passed away, 
it was during like the end of school, like spring break, my daughter's birthdays, they were turning six and four in April. And I, and people, their classmates would, the parents would see me, they knew I was pregnant and they would say, where's the baby? And I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm about to break some hearts. That's like, I'm sure every yeah. lost parent, they, they, they go, oh, I'm about to break some hearts right now. And so, you know, you have to explain and then you get that look of like you know like the kind of like the head tilt you know and you're yeah. like yeah but you ask so that's the answer and so you know things like that but some besides individuals like that I've had some awesome people that have been so caring that I still talk to people that I thought never were my friends like they were just acquaintances but now we talk on the daily they check on me and I'm just like wow a situation like this makes people you realize who your real ride or dies are legitimately mm -hmm. so you know I was like okay but it was really hard to parent especially with my oldest because you know she was grieving too in her own way and then my middle girl and then my youngest girl and I'm you know tr we're just trying to make life as normal as possible for them and also trying to get back into a new normal for myself and my husband you know because unfortunately for him, he wasn't, he didn't get bereavement leave. You know, mm. he had to, I think he was off of work for maybe a week or two and he went back to work. Me, I, since I had a C-section, I was off eight weeks. And then my company did offer me 20 days of bereavement um, to take off. But at the time I was like, I can't, I, I'm not going to stay home. I have, my oldest is in school. My middle's in school. My youngest has a nanny. I'm not going to stay home and stay in bed. So I actually went back to work after eight weeks. <laughs> I didn't qualify for maternity leave because I literally had Harry in January. And my maternity leave would have kicked in April 4th. Because oh, I was no. my one year. I, can you believe it? So my poor boss, my poor boss, she was like, I'm trying to find ways for you to get off of work because you cannot come back to work. And I said, thank you for thinking about it. Cause I'm not thinking about that at this point in time. So she, my poor boss, like God bless her. She was like, well, you can get this, 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 this. And I'm like, okay. So it's been like going back to work and trying to be like a working parent and like transitioning into that has been probably one of the more challenging things for me as well. So, especially since I'm far away from home too. Yeah. I think, I think why I really wanted you to come on is because you the path that you chose to cope with your grief, you went into therapy, you sought out people like me, like, how do I feel better? How do I get better? How do I, not that I want to move on from it or fix this because you realize early on that you cannot fix it, but this is your life. This is your journey. This is your path. You said, so how am I going to walk this? What the hell do I do? You sought out answers to that question. You went back to work, you dove into work and you, you sought out therapy. And I'm telling you the the progress I've seen over the last few months from you has just been in a, so inspirational and enlightening because you, we have a choice. We do have a choice. Everyone's like, oh, I have, I have no choice in this, but to survive. No, no, no. To me, survival is actually living living your life, moving and doing things and moving forward and making the best out of being stuck here. So you had a choice. You could have laid down and you could have stayed in bed. You could have said work. I demand to get off work. I demand to not have to go back in. Um, I'm going to keep this to myself. I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. I'm going to just shut down, but you didn't decide to do that. So your healing, not that we'll ever be healed from our dead children, but our healing 
is possible and you're started early and you did the work. Yeah. It's because going back to my high achieving anagram, I, I, I tell you guys, take the anagram test. It'll make you realize how you operate. I, <laughs> I, I mean that tremendously. I'm a high achieving goal getter. Like that's how I work. So I couldn't solve this problem. So I'm like, what can I do to get, take this journey in a different way, right? Going to therapy, talking to people, getting back and going, you know, work, like focusing, like trying to like, even though I hate this and I, you should focus on your kids. Remember you have three of them still alive. And I'm like, eh, pause, Harry matters. Like, no, mm -hmm. I have to learn how to focus with my kids, but also bring him alongside with me. Mm -hmm. Cause they're still part of, he's still part of our family, like a hundred, a thousand million percent. So that, that is like a, for parents with living children and they lost a child, that's like probably one of the most triggering things you could tell a parent is, well, focus on the ones that you have. And actually someone wrote on your Instagram saying, that's like asking someone, which kid do you want to die? Because if one dies, at least you have the other one to focus on. And right. I've actually used that. Let me tell you, and I'm pretty sure this happened to you. When someone tells you that triggers you in my brain, my switch goes on to savage mode. Yeah. And I get into like, I get into my face goes, mm. And I go, let me ask you a question. And someone told me that situation. You have two kids. Pick which one to die. And their face was like, like Scooby. Like, and I said, because when they die, at least you have that one to focus on and enjoy. And then at that point, that's even though I'm all about opening and sharing, I'm very careful about who I share with because I've learned, and unfortunately, people suck. I've learned that too in the grieving process. People suck, mm -hmm. and that not everyone deserves to hear our story a hundred percent. So that's why I'm very careful about because if you ask me, I'm going to tell you like mm -hmm. that's just how it is. And then if you say things like, Well, I feel anxious now, and oh my God, like, oh, and I'm like, Oh, I'm done. Like, like, you know, so that's, you know, Taylor Swift has her eras, like her 1989 era, her. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm this trend. yeah i'm currently in my don't give a damn era so if Love i had it. like a mirror ball with like the color it'd be like i wouldn't I'll, I'll put gold or black right now half and half you know so but um yeah it's just if you've watched housewives did you watch the new roni by any chance with uh bryn not yet but i'm going to so she it? says something not spoiler but she says something i think it was the last episode in fact she was telling her story about her upbringing and, you know, all this. And she said, you know, people ask me why I'm so positive is because I choose happiness. I choose happiness because I don't want to be back where I was when I was younger. And you're right. Everyone has a choice. This hits so hard. It's okay. Okay. So that typically you would be like, well, that's bullshit. You can't just choose happiness and poof, you're happy. Here's what happens when you suffer traumatic horrible, earth shattering death loss. Here's what happens. You immediately become that rarity. Oh, it's rare that your baby would die. Okay. Yeah. Well, it happened to me. So that means I'm immune to rarities. That means in my brain, so many bad things can happen to me now. And I expect bad things. Your brain will immediately go towards a negative place if you let it. So you sit in grief, you sit in pain, you sit in suffering for so long that you almost get used to feeling that way. So that happiness and joy and comfort is foreign to you. You don't even know, like, was that just joy I felt? Like, that's 
what happens? It switches when most people think it's joy all the time with a little bit of sadness, we're just sad. And then there's a little bit of sprinkle of happiness and joy. So what happens when you start to move forward in life and other things start to happen that do cause joy and you still, you still are more comfortable in a painful suffering, you still resonate with that more than in happiness. You then have to start to reprogram your own brain to react in a positive way to seek out happiness because to you suffering is inevitable because you've been it, you've done it and it could happen again. So literally me currently doing this, it's called cognitive brain therapy. I'm literally trying to switch my brain to react positively, to get up and choose the good things about my day, not the things that are sad and bad. It's so fucking cheesy, but it's literally the only way that we can move forward and try to salvage whatever's left of this dumpster fire when your child dies. So that saying that she's saying, like to choose the happiness route, it doesn't mean you're going to immediately feel happy. It takes time. If you start to choose it and you do this for days, for months, for years, it's going to innately be the initial reaction and feeling that you have. Even in bad situations, you'll get hit but then you'll still have to like resurrect yourself and find that, that happy space. And I never understood it, Holly, till now. I really, honestly, it was like the last couple of weeks because I have Wolfie now and I'm looking at him and I want to feel overwhelming joy, but I can't because my brain is stuck in a pain suffering place where only bad things happen. So I've got to change that. It's deciding that you want to change it. That's the first thing. And then doing the work to change it. Sucks. I mean, it's completely normal. It I just went on a total tear. No, 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 no. By TED Talk. Sucks, sucks is a, a very saying it lightly. That's <laughs> I could think of other words of things, you know? Right, right. But it's it's completely normal to have a moment where you're just like down in the freaking dumps. Like that's normal. Mm-hmm. You can't be happy all the time, especially when you've been through losing a child that was growing in your body and then you're giving birth and they're like they're dead they died you know and um it's crazy before this past week was my week to to do it was my down week this past week before I spoke with you because I found out I was pregnant with Harry August 24th which is in four days right Mm -hmm. and I figured that out which is crazy because you talk about milestones a lot like oh I'm gonna cry on his date of like his due date I didn't cry I'm gonna cry on this mm-hmm. day didn't cry mm-hmm. I cried on the most randomest times because I was I was like oh July came and I'm feeling great and I'm mm-hmm. celebrating you know and then here comes August and I'm like the first week's like, glug, glug, and then I remember it, this past so uh, Tuesday it was triggering because one of my teammates his mother had passed away mm. I was like, I'm not having it. Cause like you hear the words passed away, die. You're like, my baby died. And that triggered for me. And I was sitting in tears all morning at my desk. By the time lunch came, I, I stomped into my boss's office and said, I'm going home. It's not a good day today. She's like, what's wrong? I go, can I work? I'm working from home. She's like, go ahead. I go, can I get a hug before I leave? She's like, absolutely. So she gave me a hug, but I'm lucky to have a boss that's very understanding because a lot, unfortunately for us lost moms, like I said, the world keeps moving, jobs keep jobbing and you got to move with it, but you can't because you're still trying to navigate loss, death and your mm-hmm. your life and just mm-hmm. try to get back to normal, you know? So, mm-hmm. but 
it's normal to have those times where you're like, okay, it's a bad week. Next week will be a better week. And I have those times too, but I'm not going to wallow in it for the next six months until the end of the year. Cause I really want to get back into a good place, you know, mm-hmm. especially with my husband and my three little ones and my dog, he needs me too, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing I want to just share is like, you can do it. There is really light at the end of this terrible, awful shithole of a tunnel, like, you know, mm-hmm. and you can make it. You just have, you really have to choose if you want happiness or not. And I saw another video online. Um, it's about breaking up with someone, but he, this person said something that really actually kind of like spoke to me. He said, it's not called heartbreak. It's called heart shape. Hmm. So these moments are shaping your heart, even though you consider it a break, it's shaping you into a new or another person. I go, ah. mm-hmm. I said, Oh, that sounds like that's right. Because now I'm, ter- it's, it's changing. Nothing's going to ever stay the same. Like that's yeah. the one thing I had to learn too, is you can't go back to the life that you were before Brody died. I can't go back to the life mm-hmm. I lived before Harry died. Like that's not impossible. So that heartbreak is shaping me into kind of like a new, a new Holly, I guess and you could say. That you know? is so freaking beautiful because we, in the very beginning, I don't know about you. I thought I, I'm a fixer too. Like if I take that anagram test again, I probably am a three, but I'm a fixer. <laughs> I'm a bull. I'm a goal oriented person. I'm also a cause and effect person. Like, why did I get this? Why did I get this outcome? If all I did was this to avoid that outcome. Like, so a lot of things that about my personality, I resonate with. And I thought that if I did enough work, the grief would go away. The pain would go away. The suffering would go away. And I would go back to who I was, but I, that's not, that's not actually possible. And if you try to do that, it's going to creep up on you later and you're going to be forced to come face to face with who you are now after suffering this loss because a piece of you is gone forever. And as a mother, you know, anybody with a living child can feel a connection to your baby. Like that connection doesn't go away just because they died. You are now missing a giant chunk of who you are physically, literally, emotionally, everything. So understanding that you are a different person is, is part the first win. Okay. So this is who I am now. What does that look like? Who am I? Who's Harry's mom? Who's Brody's mom? What are, what are we going to be now? What are we going to do with this? I love that idea of the hearts being shaped into who you are now because it's broken. There's always going to be a piece missing, but that's, what's causing it to take on a different shape. And then embracing that and figuring out what it looks like now is part of the journey. Everyone's like, oh, I hate the word journey because there's no end in sight. Listen, the end is death. So this is a journey, okay? Death so, and taxes. Death and taxes. <laughs> the journey ends with death. So we're always on a constant journey of who we are after this. And and deciding that you're going to try to figure that out is, is huge. So who, what was changed about you? I know you don't put up with people's shit anymore. And that's fantastic. You can't. If you get affected by every single person that treats your loss as nothing, you're going to be affected all damn day. You're going to oh, just. You'd be, I wouldn't leave the house. I would barely leave the house. Um, but to answer your question, like who is yeah. Harry's mom? Yeah. Holly's, by the way, Harry, Holly. That's why I picked my other daughter's Harlow. So there's three H's in this family. So you could tell who, which parent named the child. I love that. So, Harlow's um, a great name. But, um, you know, I'm, you know, there are pieces of old me that come through. I'm still, I, I love, I still love reality TV. I think now it's a sickening love that <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say. I still love makeup. 
maybe it's still a sickening love of makeup because now you, I got to focus. But at the same time, I'm still caring. I'm still empathetic. But also, you know, I'm still self-aware. I have emotional intelligence. But those things get heightened because now I've lived something that makes me even more aware, right? Because now I'm I'm, I'm more empathetic than than before. I want I was empathetic before, but now I'm like really empathetic because mm-hmm. I lived this tragedy of like losing a child. I want to say is probably the worst thing that can ever happen to somebody. I want one of the worst things. I don't want I don't want to discredit anybody else. One of the worst things could ever happen. So for me now having a new lens of life, more empathy, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and just trying to understand the world and have be inclusive. Like that's my thing. Also, I still love to have fun. I still love to like laugh and live life. And I still, you know, and everything else. Like I still love shopping. I still love eating. Like I still love have going on vacation. Like I'm not going to stop life just because this moment was hindering on me. And, you know, so I'm still the same happy go lucky person, just a little bit more careful with who I'm choosing with, because like I said, not everyone deserves you. Mm-hmm. Not everyone deserves your good energy. And I want to say that to everybody that's listening is like, when you have good energy for yourself, it's okay to keep it for yourself because you're still grieving. You're still learning how to like navigate. You don't have to like empty your emotional bucket for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because that, that was a part of my learning too, was I got to help everybody. And they're putting all their shit in my emotional bucket. My bucket, I can't take it. So mm-hmm. I've learned to really only let certain individuals, my husband, my kids, you know, obviously work depending on work. Right. Cause when mm-hmm. I leave work, I leave work. I used to be the type that would log in at like 9 PM and be working till midnight. Mm-hmm. I no longer do that because I only got, I don't like Drake says YOLO. I only have one life to live. Like literally I my only favorite have, saying ever YOLO. Like <laughs> I, I remember like, you know, I have only one life to live, so I'm not going to waste it on my good energy on people that just are asking questions, not for me, but for Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's how I really want everyone to see Harry's mom, Holly, Mm -hmm. like, you know, H, H and H, you know, and that's just, you know, I've learned to appreciate a lot more things really, truly. Like I learned to appreciate my mom more my mom. And especially when you're Asian, like, like I said, you bottle at it and you just throw it away and that's it. My mom was actually one of the most supportive people. Like she was supportive, but she, she kind of has like, um, she had a a tough exterior and skin because of her life that she lived in the Philippines. And also Mm. during the time when she left, it was during martial law, Ferdinand Mm. Marcos, Imelda Marcos. It was a horrible time to be in the Philippines in the seventies and eighties. So she left in 1979 and I know that a lot of her, the way that she is because of her past experiences. So for her to be somewhat soft and gentle during this time, just a a new part of my heart came to her, you know, and we're very close. We talk all the time. She was actually texting me during this conversation. Like, can I talk to the, like, literally we'd FaceTime at least three or four times a day. You know, she comes Uh, like, you know, like, so our relationship has gotten very much stronger um, because she's really shown. And I'm telling you, 
you will discover people that you never knew, or you may rediscover people. And I re rediscovered my mom. Like, so I, I told her, I don't die, mom. Keep living. Don't die on me, please. You know? Oh so God. Yeah. Yeah. She could have told you to shut up and move on. She could have, she could have said, toughen up. This is nothing move forward, but she chose to be there for you and comfort you and support you and let you grieve the way that you needed to. And that's what people should understand that the only position you have as an outsider is just to let us do our thing. That's it. And don't judge us. Don't try to change us. Don't try to fix us. Let us just do what we need to do. And eventually we'll get to the other side, but you can't just by saying, Hey, shut up and move on. That doesn't do anything. That doesn't no. fix anything. No. So give us the space. People say, Oh, I'm holding space for you, which I'm getting really tired of that, but I get it. The res it resonates where it's like, I'm going to let you do your thing and it's okay. However you need to do it. So I love that your mom did that. And it brought you guys closer. The, 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 the relationships that end up growing and getting stronger are so special too, because if you can come out on the other side of this, and I say the other side, when I'm like basically getting into a new normal, mm -hmm. the first, I would say the first year is not your new normal. It's not. Yeah. Your new normal happens when life really sets in, even after probably childbearing years, I'd say your new normal starts to set in. But I think for people that are going to get through this with you and are going to stay there with you for the new version of you is super special because they put no pressure for you to go back to the person they used to know. They're here for the new person. It just deepens relationships. Like, that's kind of weird. I I have like a bunch of friends. They've been my best friends for like 25 years, but something shifted. Something has shifted. Yeah. You know, do you want to go rip some shots and dance on tables? Absolutely. But if you can't sit with me and still talk about life and who we are and things that bad things that happen, because guess what? Death and grief is inevitable for all of us. We're all going to experience it. We, you and I just happen to experience the worst, almost the, one of the worst kinds really early, you know, uh, before everything. Yeah. So, you know, I think at this point, I'm really just kind of looking for a deeper connection with a lot of people. So if you're able to sit there with me sometimes, not all the time, because come on, I I annoy myself with the dark sometimes. I'm like, Get, <laughs> come on, cat, shut the hell up. It's you're good. So if you can sit with me and do both things, I think that's like a win. And I think you're going to be around for a long time in this life. I don't know, but I feel like we're going through phases, Holly. I feel like you're in a, you're eight months, right? Are you eight months? Eight yeah. months. Yes. And the, that's a phase hitting the year is going to be a phase. The second year after loss is a phase having, even if you decide to have another child, another phase it's, we're just continuously going to have to go through these and it's, it's anticipating them is half the battle knowing that this is going to change again, but trusting yourself to handle it because you did the work in the beginning, I think is really key, really key. And, and quite frankly, like, I'm, I've always been a HBIC head bitch in charge. Like that's just how I've always <laughs> been, it. you know? And now that I've lost Harry, I've, I've developed into a new HBIC um, because I just, as you get older, I'm, I'll be 40 in two years, you know, I, I just, I'm done. Like I need to live life peacefully. I don't need drama. I don't need, you know, anything at all. I guess you could say I'm in a part of my life where I'm like, you know what? Uh oh, I don't give a, I don't give a damn phase. Like that's mm -hmm. just the phase that I'm really in. Like th that's the only thing I could say. And, and, you know, if I could just give one, you know, one, I guess you could say flowery phrase to remember me by 
is really, there really is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like there really is. And even though you have your dark days, like you gotta, you, you choose how you want to live no mm-hmm. matter what, whether you want to live in, in bed all day, do something with yourself. It's your, it, everything's a choice, no matter what having children's a choice, getting up as a choice, you have a choice and you shouldn't hinder yourself from anything. Cause anything of anything and everything is possible. So mm-hmm. I'm, and that's what the thing that I love about my son is that, um, can you hear me still by the way? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the thing I love my son is that he really taught me I'm stronger than what I realized truly a hundred percent. Like I didn't realize I had this inner diva inside me mm-hmm. and I knew I, I knew I always had it, but I kind of wanted to like shy it up a bit, but he made me realize, no mom, you really are the HBIC. And I go, okay, you know, Harry, I hear you. So, and that kid, he drives me nuts. Not only did I name him after my favorite, one of my favorite singers, Harry Styles, he was born on January 31st, which is one of my favorite singers too, Justin Timberlake's birthday. So it's no longer Justin Timberlake's birthday. It's now Harry Tran's birthday. So I am like, this kid had him put a stamp on the day for himself. So he's like, mom, I get it from you. So I just, you know... And I think this is, I want to point this out. The fact that I did this whole thing without crying is such a growth for me. So I'm wow. like, what? Yeah, yeah, it, it's possible. We can we can tell these stories in a in a way. It just depends on our day and our headspace. And but getting through without crying just comes with time. And it just comes with saying that saying their name. If you don't speak about them and you don't think about them, you're going to cry hysterically every single time you have to. But if you continuously talk about them and make them part of your life, like you said, Harry's a thousand percent a part of your life. So your kids talk about him. You, He's part of everything. Then when you do have to tell a story, it still stings. You know, you still take a beat. It still hurts so much, but you get to a point where the tears are just fewer. And if you're listening and you were fresh into loss, I think Holly, you are such a good example of what eight months down the road can look like. If you just get there, just get there, just keep moving. And you are a good, and you're also a good indication of it's okay to be like this. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to talk about them and be silly. And you and I are big, dark, dark humor, stupid, silly, giggly (laughs) through this whole thing when it's horrific. This is how we cope. This is how we roll. Our grief vibes are right in sync. If we're not your grief grief vibe, totally fine. If you're like, I feel guilty laughing. Okay, well, that's fine. You do you. And you let us know how that works out for you. And maybe one day you'll be the same way, but it's, you have to choose how you want to do this. And you are a good example of it's okay. Give yourself permission to do this. Give yourself permission to feel better, quote unquote. Give yourself permission to make the steps. Give yourself permission to grieve and cope however you want to, to parent however you want to, and do it unapologetically. And that is the that was the biggest piece of advice that I got in the beginning. And it really did hit. It hit hard. I'm telling you, like, even beautifying myself. I got uh, powder eyebrows. Like Your eyebrows look fantastic, by the way. I got these done on I, Friday. I was like, let me get these done. I did my, I can do my hair. Like, yeah. guys, it's okay to want to feel good. Like mm-hmm. literally it is okay to want to feel good. If you don't feel that way right now, you, I, it's not my journey. It's your journey, right? You gotta, you gotta go on this trip yourself. Mm-hmm. And 
But I'm here to say it's literally okay to want to buy nice things for yourself, go on vacation, take your kids out to go, you know, to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, or get powder eyebrows or dye your hair blonde. I'm a blonde, natural blonde. You know what I'm saying? It's so super cute. I mean, you know, it's that's what it is. So what was people's response to you doing that? Like, not that we should care, but I think that's a fear of a lot of lost mamas is that people are going to think that you're better and you are fine. And they're going to forget that you're miserable because you look better. You took the time to put on makeup. You took the time to get dressed or shop or whatever it is that you let you named. What was the response from people to you when you started to do that? You know, the response actually has been really great. They're like, I, well, one of my closest best friends, who is the godmother of my oldest daughter, she checks up on me constantly and she lives in California. So, so she's like one of my literal rocks in my life who I'll never, I will, we'll probably be buried next to each other. No, so, no. um, I was like, Hey, I got powder brow. She's like, great. You're going to love those powder brows. Cause you get to like, not, you know, and people go, you look so great. I'm so happy for you. You know, I'm glad that you're getting better. Like things like that, you know, they're not like, what's wrong with you? You know, like the, 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 the energy has been really fortunately for me positive Works for you. Because, yeah. Because I think it's because of the output that I give, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a very supportive person. So I'm not, I, you know, I always like, I'm a cheerleader at heart, like for everybody. So when they see me like in a good place, they're like, Oh, Holly, I'm really glad that you're in a good place, you know? And, um, it's been really great. And on top of that, everyone's like, where do your powder brows done? How about your hair? Like, I'm like, Hey, or like, you know, and cause it's, it's you, the natural feeling is to feel bad for wanting to be happy. That's the natural feeling. Or I have in my head before when I, cause you know, we are wanting to have another child. You know, I know you said that mm-hmm. I do want to have another child. So in my head, I'm thinking people think I'm replacing Harry, you know, and And then going back to my whole gender disappointment thing, I'm like, if I have another girl, well, I feel like I'm missing out. You know what I mean? So I have a lot of these things I'm still battling with, even Mm -hmm. though I'm in a good place. I still got to be like, okay, Holly, if you have a fourth girl, are you know, like things like that, you know? So those are things I still have to deal with myself, Mm -hmm. but at least I have the tools on how to deal with it. Like not correctly, but deal with it in a healthy way. Boom. That is so major. People need <laughs> to understand it. Part of this battle is trusting that you can handle it. And how do you handle it? Give yourself the tools. It's so, it's not, I'm like, oh, it's so simple. It's not, it sucks. It sucks that we're the ones that have to do all the work. Oh, your baby died. You're miserable, but you have to do the work on top of that to get better. And it's like, are you kidding? And it's never ending. Like you said, you're about to enter these new phases. You're about to enter into some really terrible stuff. Like guys, we we're talking very lightly about this. This shit is horrible. It's traumatic. It's tough. It's got its ups and downs. Grief is so inconsistent. It's almost like, we're just talking about like, Hey, just be happy. We are very aware. That's not that simple. And we are very aware that it's hard. And that's why though you're hearing us chat, you and I just like, we just vibe the same. And that's why you have to seek out people that get you throughout these phases. And if you have to shelf some people for a little while, because they don't get it totally fine. That's okay too. And that's why I learned therapy is people that you've known your whole life, maybe they're not there. They're not your cup of tea right now. And it's okay to say, you know what, this is my circle. I'm going to put you on the side. And when I'm ready, I will bring you back in. That's perfectly fine. 
it's better than cutting off someone, in my opinion, which I've done plenty of times. No problem. <laughs> people. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, I, you know, I'm good. Like, you know, like, no, but it's okay to be like, hey, this is like, this is you. You're here on this space right now. Like, this is you here when I'm ready and, you know, when you're ready, we can connect again. And that's fine too, you know? And I just love living life, y'all. Like, yeah, and I'm from California. And I say y'all too. Like Charlotte yeah. has done it in my blood. And you know? <laughs> and- I know. Girl, I know. You've got some really incredible messages here. Um, I think you're going to get hit up a lot by anybody who listens to this. So can you t- uh, tell me um, your handle on Instagram so that people can find you? Sure. So, um, Holly girl eight is my, is me personally, but I do have a Instagram that is public for my son, Harry H A R Y underscore house spelled H the number zero U S E. Um, I post a lot there about him and just share stories and, you know, you may even see his little, I, we, we renamed him from Molly bear to Harry bear. So he's now Harry bear and he's in all of our family photos that's the one thing I'd always encourage too. if you want to feel connected with your child, if there's a bear or something that you feel connected, that this is represents your child, please stick them in there. Your kids will love it. They'll be like, Oh, definitely, you know? And, yep. but um, yeah, message me. And, you know, this is also part of my journey as well. Cause I'm actually working with my ERG, my employee research group. And I think I messaged you about this too. I am trying to make this a normalized conversation mm-hmm. at, at the office. And not only just within my own team, but all of enterprise wide. So that is, I'm currently working with that. Maybe I'll make a million dollars by doing outreach programs. Who knows? But um, that is my <laughs> ultimate goal is to literally make normalizing baby death, stillbirth, child death. Because again, I've seen losing a child with SIDS at one year old is just even, it's another level of, of just heartbreak. So I want to make this normalized for everybody and just to feel they have a safe space. So I love it. You're doing great things. Harry's mom is a badass. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm going to link, I'm going to link you underneath both, both handles underneath. And I'm sure everybody wants to watch your journey and what you're going to do next and maybe, and maybe reach out to you with some questions that they have based off this conversation. Um, girl, thank you so much for hopping on. I could talk to you forever. You know that we could chat forever. I hope that, you know, we're just probably going to pick up on, on Instagram later anyway. So (laughs) I'm ever in Atlanta. I will, I'm going to hit you up. You better. You will. I will carve out four hours for us to go sit and chat and like drink and whatever it is we want to do. Yes. Yes. Rip some shots. All right, girl. Love you. Thank you so much for being so honest and transparent. You're the best. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, babe. Bye. That's all for this episode of the At A Total Loss podcast. If you'd like to help other lost moms benefit from our stories, please share, rate, and comment wherever you are listening. Thank you for being the strong mama that you are. And remember, when things have you at a total loss, we're here to help you find the light in the darkness. Take care, lost moms.